You know something North Carolina could really use? A true defensive-minded shot blocker backing up Armando Baycott. How about Oklahoma State transfer Musa Cisse? You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, May 8th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to remind you that coming up very soon, late next week, we have a mailbag episode coming for you. That said, I want you to go ahead and get questions in right now. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Twitter, at Isaac Shade, or to the show, at LockedOnHeels. Heck, you can even leave it in reviews of the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Coming up on the show, we are going to be talking about the final 247 Sports uh, incoming basketball rankings for next year. We've got a look at where both Carolina guys landed that are coming in, plus some updates on Carolina's schedule. Again, we got some more info on that some Will Shaver news, and a weekend wrap-up. But before all of that, I want to talk about Musa Cisse as a potential uh, to take up one of Carolina's final two scholarships. He is somebody that, to my knowledge, Carolina, at least publicly, um, hasn't specifically been in contact with. Of course, I could have missed it. There's just so many people out there. Totally understood. But that said, he is definitely in the transfer portal. And here's the thing about the portal. You're you're not just necessarily looking for the single most talented player out there. Although, you know, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't hurt. But what you are looking for is the right player. The player that has the requisite skill set to fill the, the holes and the things you're looking for. The guy that fits your needs or a girl that fits your needs. If it's women's basketball, you've got a roster with certain people already on it. And through the transfer portal, you can kind of pick and choose what you want. A little more defense here, a little more rebounding there, a little more shot making here, a little more shot blocking there, right? Like whatever those specific intangibles are, uh, that's the people you want, particularly if it's somebody that fills up multiple of those skill sets. You want to go get people like that to fill out that roster, make it more robust, make it deeper where you can trust that depth. That said, I think one of the specific things Carolina has been lacking for some time now is a defensive-minded big with a strong shot-blocking presence. Obviously, they had that with Walker Kessler several years ago, but that front court was just so loaded and, quite frankly, talented that neither he nor Dayron Sharp got the minutes that quite frankly, they deserved or should have seen. Um, So Kessler ultimately transferred. And then that next year, his sophomore year at Auburn had more blocks by himself than the entire North Carolina roster. That's 
not a misspeak. You heard what I said, and that's what I said. So, uh, I mean, since him, it, it's been a while since that has been a true front court presence for the Tar Heels. With that in mind, I give you Oklahoma State transfer Musa Cisse, who played two years for the Cowboys, had started his career at Memphis for Penny Hardaway. So, as I typically do with these guys, I want to give you some reasons why he might be a good fit and a couple reasons why he might not. And then uh, we just wait to see. Again, always we're just looking at like what, why would this person be a benefit to this roster in this day and age where college basketball offseason is in a lot of ways like NBA offseason, right? It's just like free agency and it never sleeps, which I kind of love. I'm kind of enjoying it, right? Uh, just all the what ifs and the possibilities and and the unknowns. I do miss the certitude that we had of returners and developing, but it is what it is. So a couple reasons why Musa Cisse, yes, I think would be a good fit for the Tar Heels. Number one, I I talked about that defensive need that you desire that the Tar Heels haven't had in recent years. Well, this guy has been. All, all defensive team Big 12 each of the past two years. In fact, he was the defensive player of the year for the entire Big 12 in 21-22 season. And when you look at Carolina last year, not only were they missing a shot-blocking presence, but just kind of had some struggles defensively. And he's somebody that would erase a lot of that at the rim. And so that that, I mean, because of his elite-level defensive prowess, he helps you out immediately right there. Another reason why it kind of goes in hand with that first one. Musa Cisse is seven foot one, 216, at least per last year's Oklahoma State roster. I would guess he's bulked up, hopefully, a little bit since then, but he really truly is this imposing size, uh, imposing presence inside. And not that Armando isn't, not that Pete Nance wasn't last year. But Cisse, really, I mean, a true seven-footer. We're talking about like some Purdue action, some Florida State action. Um, and, and that's one of the issues for Carolina when they go up against some of those longer, um, crazy athletic teams is that Florida State's always got like 47 dudes who are seven feet or tall on their roster. And this would certainly help that. Sticking with that theme of defense, why go get Musa Cisse? This past season, he was top 15 nationally in defense, defensive rebounding percentage and block percentage. I mean, both of those are great. Carolina has just not blocked many shots. And, and you'd love to play your defense early to where you're not having to block shots. But just the fact of it is in this day and age with the way the rules are, defenders just aren't allowed to do much in, uh, um, to be able to stop a penetrator with the ball and that leads to then a higher reliance on guys at the rim. And if I'm driving and I see Musa, he say they're waiting on me. I'm having second thoughts uh, about what I'm trying to do. Maybe I'm settling for a floater or something instead of getting to the rim. That's what he can bring. And then in terms of defensive rebounding, it's really more the offensive rebounding where Carolina has not been as great as they were in the Roy Williams era. Obviously, Armando Baycott is an elite offensive rebounder, but um, for Cisse, he does bring this phenomenal defensive rebounding capability, 
And that would be a great asset for the Tar Heels because then they probably don't have to send as many guys to the defensive glass, can leak out and transition a little more, hopefully get some transition baskets, which have been missing the last couple years. Next thing, like just, just looking at that raw rebounding and raw blocks, because I know sometimes that will say more than off or than defensive rebounding percentage or block percentage. For his career, Musa Cisse has averaged seven rebounds a game. Last year, averaged eight per game. Now, obviously, um, you know, that's not quite Armando Bakeout level, but but you hear the bigger point. But raw blocks. 1.8 blocks per game for his career. And then each of the past two seasons has averaged 1.9 blocks per game. I mean, that that's just a an asset that the Tar Heels have not had. I mean, we're talking about like Jesse Edwards from Syracuse, who was also transferred. Um, but that would be massive. One last thing I would say, a, p- a potential uh, reason that Cissé would be a good fit is one of the things we're talking about is you're not looking for somebody to come in and start. You're looking for somebody to come in and provide legit backup minutes for Armando Baycott. Or potentially, if, if Coach Davis does want to go massive big sometimes, then knock yourself out. Musa Cisse is by no means a four. He's not a stretch four. Doesn't shoot um, outside, you know, really. And so that that's not something you're looking to go do. But um, the there is a potential of him maybe being willing to be a backup. I mean, those Mem- that Memphis team he played on and the Oklahoma State teams he's played on aren't necessarily teams that have had a ton of success. And so, you know, like, is, is that a possibility? Maybe so. Um, but I, I would love to see if Musa Cisse would be willing to take that backseat and then come in and spell Armando and do other things like that. Well, uh, what about some reasons for him maybe to not come? I just started to allude to one of them is that really he is just a true big. That's all he can do. Like not a three point shooter has a one three point shot attempt in his career. He didn't make it <laughs> 0% for his career. And that's in 89 career games. And so uh, if that's what you're looking for out of Musa, you say that's not what you're getting. So just just know that and might be a reason to not go after him to get him. Uh, another thing, I mean, this is a pretty big picture concept, but um, he obviously, as I said, started at Memphis and then has played at Oklahoma State the past couple of years. And so because of that is a two time transfer. And so, you know, like you, you're going to have to try to find a way to get a waiver to make him eligible. Now, thankfully, he does have two years of eligibility. And so, uh, I mean, there's the possibility that he would come sit out here and then play. But that's not what you're looking for. And that's not what he's looking for. He wants a waiver so he can play immediately. Uh, part of the problem is, you know, a lot of times we're looking at, can you get a waiver to transfer home to play? Well, he's not American. Musa Sise um, is from Guinea, the country of Guinea. And so um, not not where you can say, hey, I'm going to transfer near home. Can I get some playing time there? That's not uh, a reality. So um, sounds like he and several other two-time transfers, obviously, are that that's kind of a holdup, a bugaboo in them finding a landing spot as coaches don't necessarily want him or guys in his similar position because of that. Two other things. Um, number one, Again, 
keep in mind the Jalen Washington factor of all this. If he comes and is Moose Asise, that is, comes and is a true backup to Armando Baycott, that severely limits Jalen Washington, assuming that the coaching staff doesn't feel comfortable starting him at the four. If they do feel comfortable starting Washington at the four, then you really need a backup for Armando. And in that case, Musa Sise would be perfect if he'd be willing to accept such a role. But if not, if, if Jalen Washington, the coaching staff determines like, man, you just can't really handle the, the requisite foot speed and other things, the, the guarding in space, all of that to play for, then I don't know if Sise is the guy for you. And you don't want to limit Jalen Washington. You want to see him flourish and continue to grow. And then the last thing I'll say about why you might not want Cissé is that he's never averaged more than 7.2 points a game. Now, again, that's not why you go and get him. You get him for his defense and anything he can do offensively. Great. Cherry on top. You know, maybe you um, put him out there with four highly capable offensive for highly capable offensive players. Maybe it's Harrison Ingram at the small ball four, just facilitating to the other three guys. Maybe you're running pick and roll with Musa Cisse, get him to the rim and the dunk position, those kind of things. Sure, that's possible, but he's not a high level scorer to step in. And so that might give you a little bit of pause as well. Anyway, all things considered, I think the Tar Heels should definitely at least be considering Musa Cisse as uh, a person to take one of those two final scholarships. Speaking of Carolina's scholarships, we learned the final ranking for Carolina's two incoming freshmen from 247 Sports. We're going to look at what that is here in just a second. But before we do that, I need to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, you think the Lakers can pull this thing off? Sure. Why not? Go grab it. LeBron. Those guys had a 30 point victory over the Warriors in game three. They got great promotions every day. The app is safe and secure and super easy to use. Plus you can get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than at America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Folks, thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or watch every single day. You everydayers in particular, thank you so much for being with us. Who's an everydayer out there? Let me hear it. I want to know. Tomorrow on the show, we got some interesting information about a new player Coach Davis has offered a scholarship to in the class of 25. And then Wednesday, Coach Pat Kilby with me, as always, going to be another great week. Okay, last week... 247 Sports came out with their final rankings for the class of 2023. As you know, Carolina has two players in that class. That is Simeon Wilcher and Zayden High. And here's kind of the weird news. When these rankings came out, both of these guys have fallen in the rankings. Simeon Wilcher was 40th. He has fallen to 44th overall. Zayden High 
was 64th and has fallen 21 spots down to 85. And then in terms of the 247 composite, which they t- it's like an aggregator. They take several uh, recruiting ranking sites like ESPN, their own rivals, etc. I believe it actually might just be those three. Um, I'm not sure that with the aggregate of what all it pulls in, but it's at least those three. Um, they are both higher in the composite than they are at 247 specifically, meaning the other recruiting services are going to be higher because, you know, the average uh, is is quite a bit higher than is the 247. So for Simeon in the composite, he is 33rd, although that's down to probably drug down a little bit by the 247 one. So he was 31st is down to 33rd. And then Zayden was 61st. He's down to 67th. But again, that's still like 18 slots higher than where he is at 247's own ranking. And so really you look at this and, and it's 247 that's a lot lower on these guys than the other services. I mean, you look into what, what goes into this and, and why things like this might happen. It, but here's what I want to say. Bottom line, I know we love rankings and it gives us something to talk about. But at the end of the day, I, I kind of love it because you know what these guys are truly capable of. And this is just going to give them a bigger chip on their shoulder, right? Like, sure, bring me down in your rankings. Like, Simeon Wilcher, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some kind of poster now above his bed or his desk or something. It's like, okay. These 43 dudes are ranked ahead of me. I'm about to go out and prove every one of them wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just seems like that type of guy. Um, And so at the end of the day, recruiting rankings are just something to try to help sort through all these young men. And and every one of them is important and matters, right? Like, I I don't want us to talk about them like they're commodities, but it it is a way to help recruit, uh, you know, figure out, uh, at least on a broad level, after a lot of watching, a lot of research, a lot of evaluation, what these recruiting services feel like these young men are capable of. And so that's where they fall. Simeon is down to 44th, Zayden to 85th. But you know what? Again, they need to come in and do what they're going to do in Chapel Hill and say, forget the haters, forget whatever, unless it's going to help me, you know, kind of drive me and motivate me, in which case, bring them all the way down, take them out of the rankings and then let them come prove you wrong. So excited to see these young men get to campus and then start to really prove their worth and their merit. By the way, last Monday, we led the show talking about Ron Holland, who was a Texas commit that decommitted and um, was sixth in the class. And by these rankings, he has jumped all the way up to number one. And so he's jumped up above Isaiah Collier uh, who's going to USC with Bronny now and above the rest. And so um, another man thing, Ron Holland, you'd love to get him. Speaking of all these rankings, McKenzie Mbako has now included Indiana on his list, <clears throat> excuse me, and in fact is in the process of visiting Bloomington and checking things out there. So there we go. little update on some of the class of 2023. Coming up in just a second, we learned more about Carolina's basketball schedule for this upcoming season. Just a little bit more, but it is more. Um, Some news on a former Tar Heel and kind of interesting. And then a weekend wrap-up. Great news coming out of the tennis courts. You love to see it. We're going to talk about all of that here in just a second. 
All right. Last week, we talked about North Carolina's basketball schedule for the upcoming season, for the men's team at least. And we know that 29 of the 31 regular season games are accounted for in some way, if not fully. We know, you know, the, the general idea of when those will be or a general idea of who it will be against. Well, one of those is you are probably aware that Coach Davis has said he would like to get to Madison Square Garden just about every year, if not every year. The Tar Heels were there for the CBS Sports Classic last year, beating Ohio State, and they will be there again this year for the Jimmy V Classic. When we when I mentioned this last week, we talked about it's, it's a four-team event, although you just play one game. Uh, you don't play like your first game and then either the winner or the loser or the other one. You just play one. And as of us talking last week, we know that two of the four participants were the Tar Heels and the reigning national champion, UConn Huskies. We still don't know the other two participants, but we do know now, per John Rothstein, that the Tar Heels are going to be playing UConn in that game. Now, I don't know how much you've kept up with UConn or what they're doing. They are losing Adama Sonogo to the NBA draft, who's leaving early. Thank goodness for that in terms of Carolina playing them. But the bad news is that that means Donovan Klingon, who was his back, who was Sonogo's backup last year, is going to get all the more playing time. You talk about needing a seven foot or somebody like Cisse. That's because guys like Donovan Klingon are lurking and he is an absolute stud. Um, part of the deal for UConn, though, is they've got several other guys testing the NBA draft right now. And I think a couple of them should come back. Like, I'm really curious to see what Tristan Newton does. Um, but there's a couple of others, uh, like Mr. Jackson, who I think are probably going to stay in. And so be really interesting to see what Carolina can do with UConn, a great measuring stick for them. And so we'll certainly keep our eyes on that. You might recall on a recent episode, I said that we now know the landing spot for all six of Carolina's outgoing transfers. It's just interesting to know those young men who, whom we've rooted for and cheered for. Well, one of the interesting things is you might recall that Will Shaver was a commit to Belmont. He has asked out of that, backed out of that. Um, so that's curious and interesting. Going to see what that means and what his plans are and what he's looking to do next. So keep your eyes out on that. We'll learn more about Will. All right. We didn't have as much action going on in Carolina sports this weekend as we have throughout a lot of the spring. That makes sense as we get towards the end of the semester and various sports are now getting into their postseason play. Such is the case for tennis in which we had both the women and men in action this weekend both top 16 national seeds and so both got both got to host a regional for those of you that are familiar with the way baseball um, NCAA tournament goes it's very similar to that where Carolina was a regional host and so had three other schools in the difference is it's not like a double elim thing it's just just like the basketball NCAA tournament where it's totally single elimination so um, the women, let's start with them, who are just rolling. Played Charleston Southern on Friday, blanked them, 4-0. Played Old Dominion on Saturday, blanked them, 4-0. And in fact, against Charleston Southern, the Tar Heels did not drop a single set. Obviously, as I've just told you, they didn't drop a point. Moreover, they did not drop a set. Crazy stuff there. Not in doubles, where you just play one 
um, set, nor did they do so in singles. Really impressive stuff there. So this means that the Lady Tar Heels advance to the Super Regionals, that same verbiage we use in college baseball. They will get to host again, which is great news. They're hosting Florida. That will be on Friday at 5 Eastern. Should they win that, should they beat Florida, they will then advance to, you know, staying with that college baseball idea to the College World Series, the NCAA Championship. Uh, it's eight teams, just like baseball is. And then that would take place, I believe it's that very next weekend after that. If Carolina is able to advance on to that final eight to the NCAA championships, it would be their 13th straight time doing so. Really impressive stuff there from the ladies. Unfortunately, they've still not won one of these. You know that they've won a bunch, a bunch of the indoor ones from earlier in the spring, but they just keep falling short in the NCAA tournament. So really, really hoping that this is the time to put it across the finish line and knock it out. So best of luck to the ladies, but the next step in the way is the Florida Gators. As for the men, they defeated Drake 4-1 on Saturday and unfortunately, you know, gave up a point, big whoop, but you, you know, it's just giving them a hard time because the ladies didn't drop a single point. Uh, but then on Sunday, the guys came back in an even more impressive performance because they were taking on Utah who, listen, don't think like, ah, Utah, whatever. No, they're 17th in the nation. Carolina, by the way, is 14th in the nation. The ladies are obviously number one overall. Uh, but interestingly, the men's seed is 16, despite the fact that they're ranked 14th. Make sense of that for me if you can. Um, but on Saturday against Utah, Carolina blanked them 4-0, beating the number 17 team in the nation. Skunk, right? Like 4-0. Great stuff there. So this will now be the ninth straight Sweet 16 appearance for the men's team. So both these teams just doing absolute work. Unfortunately for the guys, they are the 16th overall seed. <clears throat> and so they have to travel to Austin, Texas to take on the number one seeded Longhorns who did not drop a single point, just like the ladies, the Carolina ladies this weekend. So best of luck to the guys as they go and attempt to do that. Why not hook them down? Okay. Uh, as for men's lacrosse, one of the only other teams in action this weekend, they lost on senior day, unfortunately, over the weekend to Notre Dame 18 to nine. So a little bit of sad news there to end on, but we'll see what's next in the lacrosse world. We've got more coming up next weekend in athletics. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for all of that. Friends, that's it to kick off this week. The uh, ends this episode of Locked on Tarios. Thank you so much for diving in and joining us. If you're new to the show, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Let me tell you a little bit more about how you can help out. If you would go to Apple Podcast Reviews, leave us a five-star review with some comments on your thoughts on the show. If you can find other places to review, we'd be honored if you would do that as well. As I said earlier, we've got a mailbag show coming up. And so if you want to submit questions for that, you can do so lockedontarheels at gmail.com or on Twitter at lockedonheels. DMs are open or at Isaac Shade, my Twitter. The DMs are open there as well. Also, don't forget to subscribe. The YouTube channel just keeps growing and growing and growing. You love to see that. Make sure you download wherever you are listening on audio. That's me. I'm a traditional audio listener. I love it so much. It's what I do while I'm driving or whatever is going on. Anyway, also smash the like button, comment on the show. And by the way, if you want to make sure you get notified when a show drops, hit that bell on YouTube and it will let you know 
about that. I want to remind you, friends, that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back here with you tomorrow on Tuesday. But until then, peace.